What are we talking about? Apparently, how out of control our leader is. Oh. (laughs) Wait, which leader? Our dear leader? I wouldn't call you dear right now, no. (laughs) (laughs) I really haven't done that much with the guild recently, so I don't think there's that much to complain about. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, on um, him being sick, it made me think flu shots. Oh, yeah. Have you had your flu shots, Dave? Well, I only had one, but yes. Well, when I'm using the plural, I'm including Norma. I'm sorry, including whom? Your wife. I'm... I probably said her name wrong. I'm used to calling her Phi. No, you oh, said no. it right. It just broke up. Yeah, just break up. Um, no, she typically doesn't get them. Uh, really? That's interesting. What's her uh, What's her theory of the case? I don't think I've pressed her on it. Huh. Hmm. All right. Because at our end, a friend of Roberta's that she works with didn't show up and had the flu that night we went and got our flu shots mm-hmm. you know it's like nope nope had it before have the t-shirt not interested in suffering you know if it was a case where the, the authorities were coming on and saying there's a shortage of flu shots please don't get one unless you need one you know let the vulnerable people have it i'd skip yeah, but in any other condition, I'm getting that flu shot as fast as is practical. I don't do not enjoy suffering. I don't think it ennobles you. <laughs> no, I I got my flu shot on actually about a week ago, and I think this week I may have actually had a very slight reaction to it for the first time. But in general, uh, in general, I've had very good luck with the flu shots. Well, at the same time, and I don't know. I might it could just have a regular cold too. I don't. Who knows. I was going to say, for first time, hopefully, I shouldn't say first time since this is a one-time shot. We got our shingles vaccine also. Oh, wow. You're talking about a reaction made me think about it. And that you definitely have a reaction to. Apparently, it's normal. It felt like somebody basically just hit me as hard as they could in my left shoulder where the shot, you know, and then Mm -hmm. two or three days, it, it really hurt. Yeah. Is it, is it sore too then? Well, yeah, that's what I mean by her. Yeah, okay. So, do you are you left-handed or right-handed, Carney? Right-handed. So my the first for the first time, uh, my the person who's giving me the shot said you should have it in the. And this kind of made sense. She said you should, you should have it in the whatever hand you're you're handed in. So if you're right-handed, you should have it in your right arm because that's <clears throat> the arm that's more active, and so the soreness won't last as long, which I thought was interesting. And it uh, it actually worked out for me this time. Okay. That's actually the opposite of what I always hear, but uh, yeah, that's exactly that's why I mention it because I've always been told, yeah, put it in the other arm so you're not disabled or whatever. But it's it's not that it wasn't it wasn't disabling for me or anything like that. It's just a little bit sore. Well, I never even get any reaction at all to the flu shot. You know, it's like a prick and I'm done. Hmm. You know, so. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dedicated Nerds Podcast. I'm Rob Fiorandino, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Dave and Carney. Hello, Dave. Good morning. Hello, Carney. Hello. Please continue with your rant, Carney, that I so rudely interrupted. 
No, I was just going to say everybody ought to get their um, flu shots. You know, there's really no excuse for not getting one unless you enjoy suffering. Amen. And on a side note, uh, Carney just invested some money in a couple of drug companies. So. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Uh, I'll tell you, though, is that if you're going to make money off of this trick, I'd invest in something like, you know, Viagra and then talk everybody into buying that because there's no profit margin on flu shots. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you guys doing this morning? Well, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Got a question. You two guys are hmm. over 50. Yes, sir, we are. So you should be getting your shing- shing- oh, shingles vaccine. That. Can yes. I help you? Can I help you with that one? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, you can. And that's exactly what I was going to say. So both of you ought to look I, into getting it. I'm. I need to. I need to confirm this, but I think my son got. Is it mumps or measles that's that's related to shingles? I. Th- or, I thought whatever measles. it was. I thought uh, measles. Yeah, but I'm not sure. My it chicken pox. Yeah, that's it. it. Chicken. That's it. That's it. It's the chicken pox. All right. Thank you, Dave. Um, yeah, I think Ben had the chicken pox about 10 years ago, and I'm pretty sure I got the shot then, but I need to double check on that. Did you have one or two? I honestly don't remember. Because there's two shots involved in the actual vaccine. Well, I'm sure if I got it at the time, I, I'm sure they, they made me do some sort of procedure that I don't. You know, I don't know. Like I said, I got to check up. I got to. I got to look. I got to look back at my records or see if it's uh, see if it's on my electronic record. Do you guys? Do you guys use the uh, healthcare electronic records online stuff? I use the Roberta filing system. I see. Roberta's your wife, of course. Yes. Yes. For for the listener, <laughs> and she keeps all the records. She dies before me. I'm in serious trouble. <laughs> <laughs> My, my doctor posts stuff to the yeah internet accessible database. I'm sure everybody can get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I go about once every 14 months for the last. I think I've gone twice now. So I just I don't see much phys, much for I don't see them as a physician much. But I do. I actually really like the online uh, the online health uh, records and things like that. At I'm much more, I'm much more uh, willing to and able to access all those records. It may, just makes me more likely that I'm actually going to look at that stuff if it's online because I'm basically online my whole life. So, so that's yeah. probably the opposite for most people, but it works for me. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I guess if they didn't have that and they just encrypted it, zipped it up, sent it to you, and you had it. Uh, you know, a file on your, on your own PC, would that make anything less interesting to you? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I know I make appointments online and I actually send an email. I'll send an, I've sent an email to my doctor before, which I think they charged me, you know, like 20 or 30 bucks to respond to an email. And then, uh, you know, so, but it, but it makes, I think it's more likely that I will, I will interact with my healthcare since it's online. But yeah, I, I hear you what you're saying about the the encrypted nature of things. I suppose a hundred years from now a hundred years from now they're gonna have a lot of fun just uh unencrypting everything at the touch of a button and reading all about all of our private lives. 
That probably won't be a hundred years. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, next that week. Was my thought. <laughs> <laughs> Although you, know, you yeah. just up your up your rate a bit, and it'll still be uh, quantum proof. So. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Excellent. So uh, we got some we got some Carney. You were saying there's some space news this week. Uh, what's uh, what's going well, on? It's a little older than a week, but. Um, that's all right. This podcast uh, won't be broadcast for another month anyway. So, <laughs> um, NASA's presented its vision for returning humans to the moon, and you know it, I'm all for it and all that. But it, NASA really sh- needs to figure out some way. I, I'm I, okay. Back up is that the, NASA's really, really good at doing complicated, difficult things right the first time. What they're not good at is doing it cheaply or f- quickly, mm-hmm. and and this whole plan just is is complicated and expensive from top to bottom. And I'd really be happier if they just threw some cheap boosters, i.e., SpaceX, at it, up to the point where humans got involved, and then they could use their big expensive SLS to get the humans, if you know, for if they were worried about safety issues. But they they want to use the SLS for moving just regular cargo into space, and that just doesn't make much sense to me. So I really wonder if they're actually going to be able to do what they're talking about doing just because of the costs involved. It's it's going to only get worse where the, the cost of SpaceX doing something versus the cost of NASA doing something just becomes insupportable, I think. I'm interested in stepping back and taking a look at what because it's very interesting to me that the government is obviously involved uh, for to to do things that maybe there's no financial motivation for, and I'm I'm kind of thinking of an analogy between the the what the post office does and what the you know what UPS used to do, and UPS used to be in the business of only doing the profitable delivery deliveries and the. Post office is kind of required to deliver everywhere, including really remote, ridiculous places in Alaska and all kinds of stuff like that. Is, are there, is that is that an, an apt analogy, Carney? No, I don't think so. Um, it, 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 yes and no. Is that the government programs is definitely of the flavor of things that you don't get a a concrete monetary reward, but yet are worth doing and have long-term rewards, you know, basic research, for instance, or delivering the mail in strange places. Where it breaks down, though, is that the government, when it's delivering the mail to the remote places, you know, is still using regular manufactured vehicles, you know, basically off-the-shelf delivery means. They're not building custom-made cars where there's only one of them and they use it to deliver to one village and it costs $10 million to build this car. Mm -hmm. And that's, but even that analogy isn't good because then you've got a factory and, but well, it's a really, really dangerous village and you've got to have a really, really safe car. So, you know, and yeah, you've only got one chance to deliver this package or it'll explode. Yeah. That kind of thing. Right. So, you know, the the analogy doesn't really hold up in that sense, but it's, you can you can look at it that way a little bit. It's definitely a thing that that you're not going to see any mon- immediate monetary reward from, and 
only the government has the resources really to do it. Right, right. So what what do you think would be a better way of kind of of getting things done if we weren't encumbered by the political system? That's a tough one because everybody's got to. Because I, I don't think I don't think having just a purely financial motivation would allow us to get everything done that we need to get done. Oh, I definitely. Even I, well, you need to have some kind of. Uh, you you need to have parts of it done by NASA. I think because NASA is going to be safer, but I also think NASA should make more use of the cheaper alternatives out there again i.e. spacex for just in their plan for just load lofting cargo to the moon rather than just planning on doing all of it pretty much on the sls which seems to be their current plan is there actually a coherent plan that is likely to be sustained because it seems like we've had plans to go back to the moon for 40 years it's it's a lot more coherent than anything that's gone before my big concern with it is, is that the amount of money that they're just pouring into the rat hole that's SLS. And the reason that's a rat hole isn't because it's intrinsically difficult. Well, this is interesting, but not because it's intrinsically expensive for NASA to do this. It's because of the political gerrymandering that's going on. You know, the right. SLS is, is a huge source of jobs and contracts for, well, let's be honest conservative senators which is why the conservatives are pretty much behind this when they're against everything else the government does right no and that's always been kind of the history of nasa is the way you get funding is you build the i mean the apollo program had pieces manufactured in literally all 50 states <laughs> and it was because there's a hundred senators from 50 states and you want to get all their votes and you got to you got to spread that stuff around I was just going to say, it's going a little too far currently. I mean, it, it, there's de definitely pork barreling in the SLS program. And there are just parts of the going back to the moon that if if there was a low bid, I say I'm not saying it right, is that they need to be more cost aware, I guess. Mm. There, there are ways they could do parts of it cheaper and therefore do more of it for a given budget if they weren't saddled with some of the constraints brought on by politics. Right. Well, and I think it wouldn't get done, too, if it wasn't able to be spread and out because it's just too much side. money. I'm sorry? I said that's the flip side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is that is the system. Unfortunately, that is kind of the way we have, you know, the, the system we have is is the probably part of the reason that it costs so much is because every senator gets a little piece of that. And if it costs a lot, that means a lot of that money ends up back in their home States, which they can brag about. Yeah. Well, I haven't heard any numbers, so I'm a little bit out of it, I guess. So what did the Apollo program cost us in today's dollars versus what they're talking about now? Oh, in today's dollars, God, um, I'd have to look that up, but I'll tell you this much, Dave, is that that's really kind of a, a poor, in my opinion, a poor, way of looking at things because the Apollo program was very much a it was driven by by military issues and it wasn't a sustainable program in the long run it, you couldn't look at Apollo and say okay Apollo is the way that we're going to establish a permanent presence on the moon it was huge it was impressive it was a it was an, a miracle I think of science quite frankly but 
you know, we weren't going to be able to produce hundreds of Apollos to set up a moon base. And right. No, it was a it was a military program, and I think yeah, oh, that's all what I was the trying people, to avoid yeah. saying. Well, I think it's true, and I yeah, think yeah. you know, I think there's a reason that all the the pilots were, uh, you know, all the astro- all the original astronauts were former test pilots, and they, all, I think, listening to interviews, which we've done a lot over the last summer, and I know Carney, you've lived it your whole life. Um, it, you know, I mean, those guys thought of it, and they were all guys. Those guys thought of it as you know, a military mission. And it's like, this is important. This is, you know, yeah. we're claiming this high is, we're ground. Be- right. Right. So, I mean, I think, so to, to look at the cost and, and the cost was 25, according to, uh, something <laughs> Google, the cost was $25 billion, um, between 1961 and 1973, which if you use the inflation calculator would be roughly $140 billion in today's money. But, you know, you look at how much money we spend on, on military right now, and it's astronomical. Oh, yeah, no pun I mean, intended. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I mean, the space program can't even come. One one aircraft carrier that we're spending $13 billion for in today's money will buy, you know, six SLS missions, to, you know. So right. y- the space program is not too expensive to for us to bear. I mean, we can easily afford the the baseline cost for getting back to the moon and establishing a pure moon a permanent moon presence. There's no question about that. But it's still it's still going to cost more than perhaps we it's either going to cost more than it could have or we're going to get less than we could have by using purely government built stuff rather than having an yeah. element of well of spacex in it <laughs> well and i mean the apollo program certainly was not 100 percent. you know i mean you'd grumman in there and you had all those other contractors in there oh those were um, all doing military contractors i mean i think yes, what you were yes. saying it being a military is correct even though it was it was not military in the sense of of actual offensive or defensive capability. It was military in the sense of no. proving technologies that, you know, made it very hard for anyone to contemplate beating us. <laughs> right. And it was a military program in that we were in a cold war, not a hot war. And there weren't guns on the Apollo mission, but it was, hey, we have to prove that, you know, the, the whole point of the cold war for the most part was trying to convince other countries that, our form of government was better than the Soviet form of government. And, you know, whether or not that, I think, I think it was that the cold war, you know, certainly the United States prevailed, quote unquote prevailed in the cold war. But, you know, I, I think, I think the people that started the, I think, I think John Kennedy and all the, the, the represent house and Senate representatives at that time, all thought of the uh, Apollo program as, and the programs, the predecessor program says military missions as well. Yeah, as in, as in to prove that, that anything the Soviets could do, we could do better and faster. <laughs> yeah. Which wasn't immediately no. apparent that we could when this all started. Because I was, when Kennedy set the goal for the moon, uh, we were still, we were still <laughs> having issues yeah. that didn't make us look all that much better than the Soviets. <laughs> right. And, and a lot of people were very skeptical. Uh, you know, maybe only Werner von Braun was kind of out there going, we can do this, no problem. But uh, no, there were a lot of skeptics and a lot of people, I think, at the very beginning of, of 
when Kennedy kicked it off, we're like, what the fuck, dude? We can't, are you nuts? Doing this in eight, eight or nine years? You're crazy. Yeah, well, that part getting, was getting back to the. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I'm just getting back to the financial thing. I guess maybe I'm not following it closely enough, or maybe I'm, I don't, I, I'm not, is there a big controversy about the cost of it? It's not so much a controversy, but in, if you, in the space fan base, is that you, when you look at the dollars per ton that the NASA program, <clears throat> excuse me, the NASA plan is putting forward, or maybe I should say that, yeah, the do, do, basically the dollars per ton, it's much higher than what would be for a lot of the stuff if it went by other routes. And since a measure of what exactly we're getting, what, how how big, how shiny, how good, how long-term any presence we put on the moon is going to be is how much you get for a given dollar is that everybody would prefer to get more moon base for a given amount of money rather than less moon base. And when you're looking at $2 billion for an SLS rocket versus $20 million for equivalent launch capability out of SpaceX, the difference is pretty stark. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting way of looking at it, too, is, you know, your dollars per square foot of moon base as opposed to, hey, we're going to make a moon base, and that's an enormous human achievement that, you know, along the lines of, of the Lewis and Clark expedition or, or any number of, of really amazing human accomplishments. And uh, I think looking at it from just a dollars per square foot kind of way of looking at it is is kind of missing the point in a way well no i i'm gonna to have to disagree with it and here's why is that for this moon base to really mean something long term it's got to be a permanent it's got to be more than a we're going to the moon piss on it and market is our territory come home and forget about it mm-hmm. which and we've done it, already yeah right we've done it already is that if we're going back to the moon for it to be really meaningful it's got to be we're returning to the moon and we're staying there. And that mm-hmm. gets back to is if you're having to pay $2 billion for every 10 tons you get to the moon, it gets a lot harder to stay there. Yeah. Although I got to say, I don't think that that's too much money either. I'm, I guess I'm in the camp of, of, I don't care what we have to spend. Let's get it done because I really do think that every dollar or you know i think the dollars that we spend on the space program if it is successful will be much more efficient in human relations i mean just the fact that the, our, the united states's reputation in the world um than the dollars that we spend on military right now i think but i'm probably in the minority in that point of view but i no i i i think you're right but it's still the fact that whatever amount of money that you manage to shake loose for a moon base is that you still want to get as much as you can out because if be it 13 billion dollars be it 130 billion be it a trillion dollars is that you still want to get as much as you can out of them and yeah you know up to a point yes i think we need to have NASA's capabilities and the SLS is probably the safest way that you're going to get space people to the moon. 
But yeah. if you're getting a load of bolts and paneling, you know, to the moon, yeah, I think SpaceX can do it a lot better than NASA can. And sure. So that means you end up having two systems then, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. We have, you know, we already do. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's you know a countless number of things in life where we, you know. Uh, I maybe I have a um, an, a meeting. I'm a meeting producer. That's my job. Um, if, if I have a meeting in Florida, it's like, well, I'm gonna fly my people there in a plane, but all of our equipment is gonna go in a truck, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. So well, anyway, and that, that's the problem. Right now, we've got a, a limo, but we don't have a truck, and we need a truck. And mm-hmm. SpaceX has got a truck that can do a lot of that kind of lifting. So. And speaking of SpaceX, they're about to try launching a booster for the fourth time. This is one that's been used three times before, and they're going to use it a fourth time. And they're going to be using a recovered fairing as well. This is an in-house mission to launch more of their Starlink satellites. Nice. What's the name of this mission? Oh, you would ask that. Let me see. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Mission four of four. I just wanted to, if I, if 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 I or any of the uh, viewer listeners wanted to wanted to follow up on that, I thought it might be nice to have a little bit of of reference on that. Yeah, I don't have an actual name for the mission. It's on November eleventh. It's a Falcon nine from Cape Canaveral. Okay, so that's as we record. It's November tenth, so that'll be tomorrow. So by the time you all listen to that, you will know whether that. <laughs> Was successful or exploded on the pad? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully not the latter, or, or I'll have to just edit this all part out. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, if it blows up on the pad, that that gives us a topic for next week. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Well, let's uh, thank you for the space update. That was fascinating, and uh, I enjoyed that conversation. Um, yeah, hopefully we can uh, hopefully we can see some progress before we all kick the bucket here. Yeah. Um, Speaking of kicking the bucket, uh, Windows Seven is at uh, end of life uh, in a couple of months. Do you guys still are you guys still running any Windows Seven computers? Yes, a couple. Yeah, and uh, they may extend that a little bit uh, for for some subset of people. So, does that mean that my grandma, who still runs uh, Windows Seven on on her home computer, is going to continue to get security updates dave you know that's a little bit in question because if they're making them for all their paying customers and something's bad enough i mean they've done this for i think a couple of the recent big things um you know they're no longer supporting xp but they dropped a patch to deal with at least two recent well recent as far as xp goes recent Hmm. uh, vulnerabilities they made those publicly available but yeah monthly uh, automated patching that might stop in February. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with Dave. Are you? How are you guys? Do you guys? Is that going to change anything that you guys do? You going to keep running those computers? Are you going to replace them, or what's going on? Well, I've got both a Windows 10 and a Windows 7 computer, and I'll, I'll keep running both of them. I'm I'm pretty careful about what goes on and my stuff is behind a firewall anyway so you know mm-hmm. yeah same here i'm it's, it's basically a box that i use for auction house on wow and it i haven't i don't load software to it it's behind a firewall um 
it gets turned off a lot. So even if it's uh, if it if it gets infected, it can only DDoS the rest of the internet when I have it turned on. So. Hmm. Well, very good. Well, let's uh, let's move on to what's been good this fortnight. Uh, anything good, Carney? Can I go second? <laughs> sure. I'll let Dave go first. That'll give you lots of time to think of something. Dave, what's been good for you this fortnight? Yeah, I was working on this, and I thought maybe Carney's idea would give me something. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe I'll go first then. Uh, I uh, I was... Uh, I spent uh, I spent a lot of money on a, a new iPhone this year, and uh, uh, it is a it's a great phone. That's not actually what's what's good. What's good is the free Apple TV Plus subscription that I've gotten, and uh, there's two shows on there that I'm really enjoying. One is one is despite my initial reaction, the morning show is actually quite a good uh, television program, which I'm enjoying. That's got. Uh, Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell, and then uh, the other thing that I haven't st- I started watching and I haven't gotten into, but looks really good, is uh, kind of along the lines of what we're talking about. Uh, For all mankind, which is an alternate history of what had happened if the Soviet Union had gotten to the moon first, and uh, it's by uh, Ron Ron Moore, who did uh, Battlestar Galactica, the new Battlestar Galactica. He was a writer on writer and producer on Star Trek, and uh, just a all around uh, good television program maker, so I'm really looking forward to For All Mankind as well. I'm interested in a report. Quick question. Um, when you say the new Battlestar Galactica, do you mean the, new, the old new two, the, 2005 one? reboot? Okay, not the one that's apparently coming sometime in the near future. Yeah, that's that one's been. They've had a they had a couple. I think they had like Battlestar Galactica Blood and mm, Iron or Blood and Stone or Blood and Chrome. It was, and then they also had the Caprica, which was a no, 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 no. They're prequel, but doing another but yeah, no, thing. but sure. I was going through all of those, and then yeah, they're, they're but since then they've uh, they've been talking about a re, a re reboot. Uh, and actually, what they're talking about for that one, what I heard the most recent thing was, it wasn't going to be a reboot, but it's just in the same universe, but maybe a different group of people or characters. It's not going to like follow Adama and company as they set up shop billions of years ago on Earth here or whatever. So, sorry, spoilers for 2005 Battlestar Galactica. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but I'm looking, but the Apple TV Plus programs are uh, are pretty good. Uh, you know, they're not awesome. They're not uh, they're not Game of Thrones, but uh, they it's a it's a pretty big accomplishment, I think, for for somebody to launch a brand new television service and actually have some decent programs on there. Just what we need. Yet another <laughs> streaming TV service. That's exactly right. All right, uh, Carney, you've had your time. What do you got for me? I got nothing except I'm hoping that I'll be able to sign up for Starlink before I could throw my AT&T modem out the window. What's Starlink? That's the um that's SpaceX's satellite constellation oh internet service. And uh, are they actually close enough to be talking about it at this point? Oh yeah, I mean uh granted it was just a publicity stunt with their current limited constellation but uh Elon Musk sent out a email through it. Um, tomorrow, the launch tomorrow, they're going to be putting another sixty satellites up. I mean, they're in the process of of 
doing this. It's it's a thing. So how uh, how do they how do they get around the the upload problem? I mean, are you actually sending your data to the yep, satellites yep, as well? Yep. And the, oh. the, they've gotten dealt with the the um, latency issues of satellite internet by putting it in low orbit and putting up thousands oh, of them. And they're just going to keep putting up satellites until you can walk on a, you know, you, you know mm-hmm. what a Dyson sphere is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're basically going to make a Dyson sphere of satellites around the, <laughs> around Earth. Where no matter yeah. where you're at, you're going to be within low latency connection range of a S- Starlink satellite. Wow. Well, that's cool. Uh, if nothing else, it'll provide competition to all the other monopoly Bingo. internet service providers that we have right now. Well, hopefully, like, one half of the satellite is black and the other half is white, so they can flip them around depending on wh- what temperature we want the planet to be. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan to me. Yeah, if the planet starts getting too cold, they could deorbit a few of them and have them burn up in the atmosphere to heat <laughs> things up, because there's going to be enough of them to do that. <laughs> How about you, Dave? What's been good for you this fortnight? Oh, I'm I'm stretching, but I guess uh, our, our we're we're at uh, like month one of of uh, getting rent checks from people. So people sending me money is you know brand new and awesome, and I'm sure there'll be lots of trials and tribulations and expense down the road. But right now, I just have money. Well, that's not bad at all. That's a good thing to that has definitely been good this fortnight. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been uh, Dedicated Nerds. We are at Dedicated Nerds on Twitter, dedicatednerds at gmail dot com. Visit our website, dedicatednerds dot net. Thanks for the discussion, guys. Good night, Carney. Good night, and good morning, Dave. Good morning. <laughs>